Exit. Exit. Episode 2. We're starting. We've started. This is episode 2. Exitane. Matt, you're here. And so am I. And you went to Texas. And that's all that I know and you won't say anything else. So please. Please? Please. Why are you, please say something. Why are you begging? Please. <laughs> I need to hear uh, your words. Welcome to Exitainers. Today our show covers... Uh, we're, we're talking about the wild, wild west. Uh... Will Smithless. What? Yeah, you know. Without. So, so in in between uh, this episode and the last episode, uh, I I visited uh, Dallas, Texas, and I stayed here. All all. You guys don't know where here ears is, but I'm here. So what happened while I was in Texas is I went to a little a little gaming convention, uh, DreamHack. IEM Dallas Intel Extreme Masters. Never heard of it. That's sad. It was it was very exciting actually. Good. If we are to speak in in simple terms. I am genuinely interested to see, to hear what it was about and how much of a time you had. There's a there, I made a vlog about it. It's on my my wonderful girlfriend's channel. Woo. Uh we can't link things in a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you can. You put it in the description. I guess link something. link link in the description. We'll f- we'll figure this out All in post. In post, spell out the URL, the full URL. <laughs> Please. Um. Yeah, the link is https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com slash watch question mark v equals e3 underscore i e j z u k three i. Yeah. Uh. Point is, we had a, we had a blast being surrounded by nerds of every size, shape, and color. Good. Um. There was name some sizes. Uh. Let's go with uh. Let's go with medium rare. Uh. I love a medium rare nerd. There was. <laughs> There was um there was a lot of uh vendors selling their uh cute little products. I have as it goes over there. Yep, scrolled up right now. It is just a a poster, a, like a hollow foil poster of uh, a big Yoshi, like a big one. Yeah, like like the like the large Yoshi from uh the Mario RPG. <gasps> yeah, the Boshi. No, not Boshi's the blue one. No, the big one. He's he has a name. I, Do you remember the Yoshi from Partners in Time? His name is Yube. And he's a big... I don't remember that. He's a big... Actually, I don't even think he's a Yoshi. I think he's like a... You know a, the little... A Rube? Yube. Um, he's a Yube. And you go inside his belly. That They already did that in Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah, but Partners in Time came first. Yeah, but but see, so, they did... But see, then they realized that Yube this was good enough. Yube walked so Bowser for, could run. Yeah. You know, I had a friend, he wasn't really my friend, but I knew him in elementary school, and I remember he told me they announced a game called Bowser's Inside Story, and I said, you're a fucking idiot. They would never make a game called that. And then they made it, and it's one of my favorite games now. I, I do so really I'm sorry, like that Ian. game. I like, I like, the, ga- I like the, the, the way that um, Bowser's uh, two primary methods of traversing the landscape are walk and p- 
punch. It was really cool, especially that part where Mario and Luigi, Luigi uh, diagnosed Bowser with stage three tumors. Yeah, no, I like the I like the way that there's uh, you know, it was you know, really like on a macro scale, it's a pretty gross game, actually. Definitely, like, like the, they the shouldn't be of, okay with what's body, going on. The the body. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, quiet for a second. Think about Bowser's body. Now picture being inside of him. Did they ever it. get to the the colon? Definitely. They fly out his butt, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, you're certain? Very certain. I didn't like the villain in that game all that much. I thought I don't remember what the villain is. Fawful. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he, well, cause he was they he had an arc. Yeah, from Superstar Saga, he was the lackey and then I don't remember what happened to him and then in Partners in Time, he was an underground uh salesman who sold badges to babies. Yeah. Which is just a great play um because the only customers he ever got were children Ch from the future infants. from the past um and then he decided now i'll take over the world is mario a po like a post-apocalyptic uh world definitely because if you've ever watched the original super mario brothers film you would know that there is an alternate dimension in which uh fungi have taken over the majority of the world oh, and yeah. that's why it's called the mushroom kingdom well yeah i know but like the there was a mushroom in a suit in that movie. That that freaked me out. What? Yeah. Wait, I, which one? I remember that. I remember Daisy. Daisy's father was the king of the Mushroom Kingdom, and that seemed wrong to me. That that was really wrong. It wasn't Daisy supposed to have her own like uh, sand kingdom at some point? She is from Sahasra Land. That's not a joke. I know. That's just real. Like like. What, that is that is, was, that is some weird implications. She was kidnapped by a space alien, who then promptly left and never came back. Okay, because like, and they never visited her land again. I think she moved. If we are to consider Mario Odyssey canon, uh, th this is indeed like it, this takes place on a on a on Earth, a Earth, a Earth, as Will William Smith would say, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's like the like, welcome to uh, Earth. But there's there's a big it's, it's just you didn't even derail my train. I thought you just blew it up. Thank you. There's like New Donk City, which yeah. is very clearly a parallel to New York City. Right. That's where so, the first Donkey Kong took place, and after Pauline, the first Donk. Yeah, after Pauline escaped from Donk. Who is actually Crank? You think his friends? You think his friends call him Crank for fun? Crank is a is a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas with the Cranks is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie sucks. But uh, Colleen eventually became mayor of the same town that she was kidnapped in, which Did is great for women. Did they make a second women. Christmas with the Cranks? They made a few of those, didn't they? I hope so. Do you remember the Santa Claus Three? I I do. It I had I, Jack I, Frost in it. I I very I very very vividly remember the introduction of that character because it scared the shit out of me when i was like six years old he is because, scary because some like one of the elves or one of the kids walks up to him or something and they're like who are you and he goes i'm jack frost and then he fucking kills them with his ice breath is that what happens that's what it looked like to me that's what that was my interpretation when Who's i was the six. actor who plays him 
Um, he can't be doing well now, can he? Uh, his, Paul Dano. I don't know. Um, no. That, okay. That's false information. That's understandable. Um, you ever think about how Trent Reznor is canon to Super Mario World? I need a bit of an elaboration there because I know he's he's canon in Quake. I know that because all of the ammo boxes in Quake say Nine Inch Nails on them. Mm. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, no, but they, the, but they soundtracked that game, so that actually made sense. Oh yeah, that actually that does make sense. What the? No, what in, are you talking about? In 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 the real world, uh, I love I love going through like why people name characters things. Like if you ever watched or read Dragon Ball, uh, Toriyama is a fucking maniac who just names people after food, which is just amazing. Or like it's iconic. Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, how they're all... I've never. They're shame... Like, every character is shamelessly oh, named yeah, after like, a band right, or right. A, an artist. I was going to say, because I remember there's a, there's a guy whose name is R-E-O Speedwagon. Yeah. Which is really funny to me, or, until I realize that nobody knows who that band is except for me, and that bums me out. No, but that's why... So, like, it's cute for a bit, but then when I hear people talking about... Like, oh, dude, you see that thing with King Crimson? And I'm like, oh, what's up, guys? You talking about King Crimson? And they're like, uh, you know, you watch JoJo Bizarre. <laughs> and that's Bizarre why Adventure. I don't watch it. Is because <laughs> I remember somebody was talking about, oh, no. Well, it was, it was some, like, it was a Queen song. They've used Queen before, right? Of course. They've used Queen. And I was like, oh, we're talking about Queen? And they're like, we're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. And I was like, do you know Queen? And they're like, no. And I was like, I know. I was like, okay, that's fine. I feel but like that's it just actually sort of bums like, me out. I can't listen to Roundabout anymore without looking like a dork, which sucks because Roundabout's a great song. It is a, it's a, it's one of my favorite songs. So the point I was trying to make was that Trent Reznor is in Super Mario World. So essentially, characters get named after silly things, like Toriyama names after vegetables and yeah. other food products. Yeah. In Super Mario World, the seven Koopalings mm. and the little mini boss, the little dinosaur guy. Mm. The dinosaur is named Reznor, as in Trent Reznor. And then every other Koopa is named after a musician. The most obvious that people will recognize is Ludwig, after Beethoven, mm -hmm. Lemmy, Larry, after Larry David. Yeah, I got my that favorite one. Comedian. Um, I don't remember what all the other ones are like which comedians they are there's uh iggy pop is that really what iggy is named after because i'm 70 percent sure that i like that is what i would always think of when i when i saw yeah no that's that's the point is that they're all named after like uh musicians and nobody Roy. yeah i'm gonna i'm looking this up right now because sure, you I go know get it's... that information while you're doing tell me that. more about texas because you have said still nothing about it i i am genuinely curious about it we stayed in a convention center that was colder than most uh ice rinks that i've been to in my life yeah ice as rinks a canadian are usually cold um so that must not have been fun did you have blankets uh uh Ness got a blanket eventually. Uh, well, that's good. We we purchased a lot of overpriced food. Let me tell you something about Texas. The food. What the fuck is their problem? Oh, you 
do you not like? I hear Texas food is it's it's big, but it's is it good? It is big. We there was a point where we we went out to eat and we got like a, a single order of like burger and fry. Yeah. Like for for one, and we were able to split that and that was a satisfying meal for both of us. I feel like Americans coming to Canada must be shocked with like how the rest of the world eats yeah like normal people should yeah like there's like actual restraint in the portion sizes yeah because you should be able to finish a meal and go i'm satisfied but don't feel disgusting yeah but on top of that everything in texas and i I say this as someone who has been to florida and eaten there sure every single food item that i purchased in texas was either spicy or disgustingly greasy and heavy yeah that's when everything is like when some stuff is like that it's like oh neat but when everything is like that it's just sort of like like i need you to understand i got a chicken caesar salad at one point and it was spicy what a spicy salad why would you want a salad i don't know it was the best thing i had while i was there it was absolutely delicious it was still massive Mm. but i i enjoyed it significantly more than anything else that i ate there there was a lot of canned food that I had never like thought of seeing in cans before. Yeah, like, I'm not going to elaborate on that. You okay. can just you just let your imagination run wild on that There's one. There's plenty of uh, foods that should be in cans. Okay, now 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 it's elaboration time. For you, I mean, you can you oh. can, you you can tell me what you think should be in cans. So Larry Cooper, it's actually not sure what he's named after. There are a couple of possible um, reasons. Apparently, uh, North uh, Nintendo of America employee Dave Brooks says that Larry was named as such because he simply looked like a Larry, but his name may have been derived from Larry Mullen Jr., the drummer for the Irish rock band U2. Is, Never heard of it. Is Morton, Morton named after Jelly Roll Morton, the first ever documented jazz composer? He's named after Morton Downey Jr., which a quick Wikipedia article will say. <laughs> That's a accurate. Fantastic I, fucking image. I love it. Oh it's, my god. You know what? He, he looks like the he looks like Morton Koopa as well, which is Trash uncanny. Trash TV. Yeah. Um, and then Wendy is Roy Wendy is Roy o- Orbison. Okay, Wendy O. Williams, Iggy, yep, Iggy Pop, Roy Orbison, Lemmy, Lemmy is... Kilmeister from Motorhead, yeah. and then Ludwig von Bo- von Beethoven. So oh, he's got the like, hair too. Yeah, yeah. So that's a fun fact. And then Reznor, the dinosaur thing, is named after Trent Reznor, which is just really funny to me. It seems like a a, a strange like th- these are very randomly picked names. Definitely. Like it's not just like pop this is culture. not what they were originally called in Japan. They were just the Koopalings, and um, then America said we're gonna give them names. You know, Mario has a weird history with uh, musical references. At least I I played the the most recent entry in the Paper Mario series, and there was Bummer. one point. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> um, you know. <sighs> No, but I there was one point where it it legitimately freaked me out because um Canadian pop punk sensations pup or pathetic use of potential. Do you have something to say? The dog is stretching.
no comment. So understandable. Canadian pop punk sensations Pup uh, released an album in 2019 called Morbid Stuff. Uh, three key tracks on there: "Free at Last," uh, title track, "Morbid Stuff," and uh, "Closure." And there is a point. Uh, the desert section of the game where you're driving around a little boot car. Yeah. Um, if if you hop out, there's three toads uh, stranded in the sand, and you pull one out, and it goes free at last. You pull the second one out, and it says, "Dang, that was some morbid stuff." You pull the third one out, and it goes, "Oh, finally, I got some closure." And that is one of the strangest pop culture references because pop are not. Uh, an, an insanely popular band They're... that is one translator who was bored and had just listened to that album and thought i'm gonna shoehorn this in yeah which it... is honestly i love that i love when translators just do whatever they want mm-hmm. even if it destroys the source material because it's <laughs> funny well especially in a game where you have so many npcs that just have filler dialogue it's right like, why like not? that line doesn't matter that they changed it and i can't imagine like how many people are gonna pick up on that yeah like i'm trying to remember there's another like there's a big game that like is known for just being more entertaining like the english translation of it because in japan they just didn't care mm. and they realized that and they went fuck let's just do whatever we want i think you're talking about earthbound probably (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like there's there's plenty of stuff that like earthbound is one of the weird ones where both the japanese and the english version are equal in my eye because they both do things better and worse than each other at various points so i can't say one is like the octopus statue yeah why did you change that because it doesn't make sense in 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 in, in, in American American. I I love the reasoning behind it. They're like, oh, well, this is completely nonsensical. No one would ever understand what to do with this. Let's make it a gigantic pencil statue instead. But it, but the 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 <laughs> point was, it's a dumb joke. I think they my my. It's it's like a pun in in Japanese. Yes, right? my idea is supposedly. I think they came up with the pencil eraser and the eraser eraser at the same time because mm. it was like okay. A pencil eraser is the thing at the bottom of a pencil, but it's also a device that can erase pencils. And then it's like eraser, eraser. I don't even need to, to right. divulge any information I as believe, to why that's silly. Thank you to Tomato, the guy who translated Mother 3, along with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. I believe from one of his articles he talked about, it's it's like a, an old Japanese saying, which is to say that there's, um, it's like, something 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 an octopus is blocking your mind it's like a saying uh so a, when you're having okay. it's a roadblock a mental roadblock yeah. becomes a physical roadblock and then it's personified interesting and that's funny and then the doll that replaces the eraser eraser is literally just oh i remember this one actually it's because the doll is a kokeshi doll and the word for eraser is keshi so it's the Kokeshi Keshi, and that's why so it's eraser, funny. Eraser. So Eraser Eraser is probably the best they could have done. Yeah. But. That's funny. It's pretty good. You know, I think, wow, that. Uh, I really wish I could just materialize things in front of me. That would be helpful for a podcast. Um, only. 
the the uh the anime that i keep recommending to you which is one of the only anime that i have ever like walked away with a massive smile on my face yes from uh nichi joe the subtitles consistently have to like put a massive explanation i love that for like why the pun is funny yeah underneath things and it, it's like at least three times an episode and so we're just like watching it and we're like <sighs> oh now it's funny <laughs> which is which is great i i that's, w- the, that's the other that's the dark side of using english translation to make something funny in its own right it's just like we're not gonna we're not gonna try here's the entire concept of the joke go but even then it's like even with with something like earthbound if you like this is what i'm saying though is that even if you didn't do the pencil and eraser swap and you still just had the octopus and the kokeshi doll yeah then it's still funny for the fact that it's absurd exactly and that's why i think nishijo is is appreciable on all those different levels and honestly maybe more enjoyable if you don't know all this stuff about japanese culture that would play into your knowledge of why a pun is funny right because you'll just get a scene there are so many scenes where they they do like four minutes of setup and then the payoff is like some it's like some i want you to imagine someone trying to pull the rug out from under you but they just jerk it a little bit and then they look at you really disappointed and then they walk away and leave the rug on the ground i love it that's that is that's my kind of joke the best way i could describe nietzsche joe um it reminds me like i don't know when the last time you watched the original series of pokemon anime Oh, actually, uh, they rely on puns like, like the Indigo League. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they rely on puns so often. And I imagine the English translators must have had a goddamn nightmare every episode. Like there is an episode where like it's one of the first ones. And there is a pun that I don't know what it is in Japanese, but Ash dresses up in a cow costume. And I imagine when they got it, they're like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? And eventually it was <laughs> like, I think it was because Misty's scared of bugs. So he's like, well, what would you say about a cowder pee? And it's like, okay, I get it. It's not it, it's, funny. It, it's so like obviously forced. Yes. And there are so many other, like, I can't remember any of them off the top of my head, but there are so many examples of like Professor Oak does so many puns. Uh-huh. And I, it must have been a nightmare. Oh yeah, I I remember um, at least one localization thing where they, they they're talking about the jelly donuts that they're eating. Oh, the jelly donuts are just, iconic, which is so funny too. Just rice balls. When you watch them, they they call them rice balls like three episodes later. So why did they bother? I. I don't know. And it's not like, do you know how long I went watching like Japanese media? I thought they were donuts. No, no, I didn't think they were donuts. I was just like, what the fuck are they? I was just like, oh, they're Japanese donuts. That's how they look. Well, because, you know, animation simplifies things, right? So you can't make out that that little black strip is supposed to be seaweed holding the the shaped rice. I would have never guessed that. It looks like, and, you know, I, I, you know, playing the Kirby games, like there's like Omurice and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like i guess some things are a little more obvious like pudding but mm. even then you you see all these foods from different parts of the world and i'm like what are you what was 
Kirby, what did you just eat? But they always look so tasty. <laughs> they do like, look tasty. Fuck, man! You ever seen Howl's Moving Castle when the little fire guy cracks an egg on his head in a frying pan? That's like and the bacon looks so nummy. I want it. Listen, there's a lot of like really strong examples of fo- of food being depicted very lovingly in animation, and yeah. I that was your that was your go to. It's some good looking, like it's sizzling. It just I looks think, nice. I think I might just have something against House Moving Castle, honestly. Why? I don't. It's I, so good. I. It's it's fine. I don't like it that much. I think I I didn't enjoy watching Hal as a character, and the rest of the cast felt maybe a bit too quirked up for my taste. I'd have to watch it again. It's been a few years. See, I I have trouble comparing it to all the other ones because it was the first uh, Ghibli movie you watched. Ghibli movie I watched, but it was also just like. It's it's fun and silly, and I I'm very like protective over media that doesn't take itself seriously, and that movie doesn't take itself seriously. Speaking of things that don't take themselves seriously, Jonah Hill, um, he has the record for the most uh, swear words ever spoken by an actor in by an actor like He's, across all of his films across every film he is number one because uh, they they made a, a Netflix documentary about it. And it was like, who has sworn the most? I think it's specifically. I, I think I heard about this for the word "fuck" because you would assume it's Samuel L. Jackson. Because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. But it's actually Jonah Hill because of all the teen comedies he was in, where exactly. he was the crass fat guy. Exactly. And here we are. I so was good for him. I was gonna say like anyone that was in because he was in Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, and that that movie I know has a, a quite a, a record for a lot of f words. It um, does. Do you know he had a sister who's an actress? No, I didn't. She's actually really good. Like, she's really talented. Oh, and she in that you saw? She was in... Okay. It's, like, her, and then there's another girl, and they're uh, losers who spent all of high school not going to parties, and they just studied all the time. And then they go out and party the night before prom or whatever and they get arrested and it's like a crazy adventure it was all right when did that come out like 2017 2018 maybe okay i feel like i know what you're talking about but it's it's escaping me right now just making a quick edit and post here um freeman's talking about the film Booksmart from 2019 it had an anderson pack song in it and that's why i watched it that's insane what's your favorite western I'll be honest, I don't think I've watched a Western. You think like, Star Wars is my favorite Western movie. Fuck you, Freeman. <laughs> it comes from the West, doesn't it? Um uh, I've been watching the Muppet show a lot. Really? I fucking love the Muppets. Is it it's like a comfort thing for you? Yeah, but yeah. I also it's just like actually amazing. Not only the puppetry work in terms of like how it's very it's lovingly done. crafted. But also, like, stuff that went over my head as a kid, just specifically the entire, like, the entire show is a love letter to vaudevillian performance. Mm. And I never got that. And now that I'm watching it, like, as an older person, I understand so many more references. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like, it's so much better than I remember. And it's like... It sucks because when people think Muppets, they think Sesame Street. When they think Sesame Street, they think for kids. Mm. But Muppet Show is some of the funniest, like, for everybody stuff that you could ever watch. 
And also there are multiple acid trips per episode and you're like, what the fuck is happening? I think that might be what, I don't want to say what pushes me away from it, but maybe what makes it like less for me because I, I think I... I love absurd humor though. And there's literally, I, I'm going to mess this up, but there's like a little, there's a Muppet and he, all he says is grub nub. <laughs> and then uh, like other Muppets try and say other things and he gets upset and he says grub nub and then he eats them. And that's the whole sketch is he tries like to get everybody to say grub nub and they don't. So he eats them. And it's so funny because it makes no sense. You know, I was about to say that, like, I don't like the Muppets because there might be like lacking some substance for my taste. But then I just reflected and realized that my favorite Muppets are the, the Martians. Yeah. And I will say Miss Piggy is maybe one of the most fleshed out characters in the world. She was a trailblazer for feminism. And I'm not joking. What about Miss Pac-Man? Now, I want to see fan art of Miss Pac-Man and Miss Piggy kissing. <laughs> Please tell me it's got to it's exist. They're both divorced women from the 70s, 80s. Please. Please, Matt is currently looking up. I'm only getting Miss Pac-Man. Bummer. I'm sorry. Someone will make it one. I really thought. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh yeah, she's she's working it, man. I I'm closing that. Anywho, just hurt my Google algorithm. But genuinely, Miss Piggy is a good. She's a good character, and the amount of time, like when I watch it, because this show was 70s, like mid 70s, right? And the amount of like my least favorite. The mid seventies are mid for me. They're mid tier. Mid the mid seventies. Yeah. Like, just as a whole. Oh, okay. I thought. I thought. If I was ranking every year, the mid seventies would be mid tier, probably. That's Top the name. Yeah. Um. But I don't think the early seventies would be an early tier because that's not a thing i think the 80s had strong aesthetics but they just they, they really didn't like themselves very much the 80s is too represented right now so i don't like it anymore yeah the revitalism kind of need I'm, I'm ready for the 90s revitalism i'm ready I'm i don't ready care about the 90s at all let's take it back to the 70s why the pants i was gonna say that the 90s had cool i like the, the colors i want the ripped jeans bro People are still wearing ripped jeans. Yeah, I know. It's very common. You could just keep doing it. But the Muppet Show was very progressive for its time. Like, I believe it. The amount of like, uh, like progressive elements that you wouldn't expect to see. Like there's there's full sketches. One like one of my favorites was uh, they had uh, like a like a Thomas famous... the Tank Engine had a, a female train at one point. Honestly, it's about time, you know? Trains are so masculine and they're so like represented by boys. You never yeah. see girls talking about trains and it's about time. I don't remember there being a girl train in there. There was a girl train. Which one? I had the box set of all the I, I had all the red. toys. You're talking about Percy. No, Percy was green. You You swear word. Wait a minute, what's the there's another, there's a red guy, though, as well. Sure. Okay. There was also two blue guys. Gordon was blue, just yeah, the but same he had as a, Thomas. Yeah, but he had a grumpy face, and Thomas and, was always nice. But, 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 but... 
You were talking about board games like 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I want to know, I don't want to know what the best board game is, but I want to know what, what the worst board games are. So the easy answer is Monopoly. Okay, yeah. Because it's just not fun. But like in terms of like, there, there's multiple, I, I think of it as like uh, an alignment chart in terms of like board games because there are board games that are simple mm-hmm. and bad and complicated and bad so and then complicated and good simple and good. let me let me so like trouble trouble is so simple you don't have to have any skill to it it's all luck yeah but it's really fun to play because you get to pop the little bubble and yell at each other and yell at each other yes and so it's fun but then Candyland is literally you spin a thing and then you move to that color and there's no skill and there's no fun now monopoly is complicated and not fun because there's so many moving pieces and nobody has fun except for the one person who's winning well yeah because and like real monopolies once you start winning you don't stop you there are no upsets in monopoly yeah monopoly was originally what was it the landlord's game i believe it was called it was it was an experiment to prove that capitalism only rewards one person once they get ahead which is so ironic considering it's how it it is it has a bit of a monopoly on board games now or hasbro does at least it used to i don't think people care about it anymore but it probably still so glad about that i'm gonna add a z axis to your xy a alignment chart there go for it um games that just don't fucking work ever as intended mm. uh prime example mousetrap have you ever played a game of mousetrap no but i did have mousetrap and i set that trap up so many times exactly and i loved it and nobody ever i don't think i don't think anyone has ever played a game of mousetrap i remember there are cheese tokens yep what did they do oh man <laughs> who knows oh my god those mice are crazy that was that was one of those things where i I was happy to have the little pieces like i loved i loved flicking the little diving man into the cup his his posture was terrible you ever think about how big those mice are compared to him is he a tiny diver or are they giant mice uh i think uh, in in the diegesis of the game Mm -hmm. um, i I believe uh he is to be uh, uh, the size of a toy soldier Oh. oh so he's also a toy yeah, he's not yeah. a real man yeah that makes sense but the mice are real mice yeah okay so they're like in a house like a toy story situation. yeah like a house full of mouse says um the house of mouse was a very underrated classic of its time and it brought us justin timberlake so i think we should all be fucking grateful i think justin timberlake needs to step it up i think he needs As to step light. it down I think he can just go away and people will be fine with it. But we need to be grateful. You remember when he brought Sexy back? Yeah, and I think Sexy Can he return it? Sexy has been back for quite some time. I'm over it. Let's bring something else You have the long cord. You can can let... The the dog needs to piss on the floor, so I'd rather she didn't do it in here. That's understandable. Hold on. I think we might get a word out of her now. Give me one moment. That's how bad our podcast is. Which diseases can absolutely kick it? 
kick it as in they gotta go or kick it as in they can party actually let me let me reformulate that one because <laughs> the way i wrote that down was absolute garbage herpes um, can definitely kick it no, you know what i'm saying say, like you can get rid of one disease or condition what counts as a disease like an infectious disease okay but but when i say condition i mean let's let's talk about uh cerebral palsy that's fair that's the one that's got to go because that's no good i think a lot of things are no good i think uh anything that involves paralysis scares me and i'd like it to not it scares happen. me as well i think i'm more scared of like I think I would get rid of like Alzheimer's slash dementia though. Ooh, that's the other one. It's like the mind and the body. Exactly. Because like all I've got is my brain. No, that's why. That's so like when that's gone, I got nothing. That's, that's why I made you guys watch the, the funny, the funny cartoon man movie because that's, that's what scares me is. Uh, well, yeah. It just gave me like existential dread. Yes. Yeah. And that's really, that's not what I look for, but we're, I'm glad I watched it, and that's just... We're talking about It's Such a Beautiful Day by Don Hertzfeld. Uh, watch it and get sad. We're going to move on to uh, Squishmallows, the latest collectible trend. Um, so actually, I've got this new segment for you, Matt, and we're going to watch... We're going to play a little game. Are you ready for it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, as you know, and as all our fans know, because I can't stop talking about it with the one episode... I don't know if I actually brought up Rush in the last episode. I think I brought up Rush in the last episode. Probably, which I like Rush. Rush is my favorite band. They're great, and I love them. I was actually listening to Hemispheres like right before you got here. Are you serious? Yeah, I was. Fuck, we need to talk about that when this is over. But also, that means this game is going to be a little easier for you. <laughs> so this is a game, untitled. Don't look at the title. The point of this game is to say that I love Rush. The point of the game, I say I love Rush and I win. No, I love Rush. Okay. But to preface, this, the band is I hate the way the word preface is pronounced. You would like me to preface? No, but I just like, it seems like that should be the, like the logical way to pronounce it, right? That's the other thing is it, we say preface, but we don't say precum. We say precum. You're allowed to and continue never... with your game description now. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll cut you off again. The And that's why you don't cut me off. So the goal of this game is showcasing how Rush as a band is very versatile and also very not versatile. Because you'll notice in a lot of rock songs, there's just screaming. And a lot of times that screaming has no purpose. Queen, another one of my favorite bands, they just scream. For no reason. I think it's more like a howl, you know? Sometimes it's a howl, but sometimes if you've listened to Ogre Battle, they just, they just, ah, uh, for no reason. It's just for fun. Well, what about like, you know, it's like a staple of, of music, with, of guitar music. Right. But I, that's, that's just it is I love it. And so this is a game in which I will play a Getty Lee scream. Okay. And you have to guess what the context of the song is so i have four options for you i'm going to play the audio clip all right then yeah. i will list off the things for the audience members to guess as well and i want to see how many you can get i've made seven but there's plenty more to come because all right boy oh boy he likes to scream this game is called why is getty lee screaming yep how do i play the audio there it is okay this is part one
Now, do you think Getty Lee is remembering a park he used to visit? Do you think he's being sucked into a black hole? Do you think he's solemnly thinking of how age erodes us all? Or do you think truth is subjective and difficult to ascertain? Now, I'd like to point out all four of those are selected sections from real Rush songs. Yes. So they're all true. But why is Getty Lee screaming at this moment? I'm, I'm going to go with... You're telling me those, there's no words in there? Do you want to know the words? Yeah, that would help. He says, the unending being torn apart. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's definitely being sucked into a black hole. It's being sucked into a black hole. I gave you a softball for the first one. All right, but, well, that ease me into it. Which you know. also, fun fact, that is the last word that is uttered at the end of Cygnus X1 Part 1, which is the prelude to Hemispheres. I was going to say... Which if you didn't listen to it, you're missing half of Hemispheres, this, which is very funny. Is that, is that part of this, the, the prelude? Yes, Hemispheres. Okay, no, was... no, no, not the prelude. There is a prelude to that. Hemispheres... Why, why isn't it part of the album on Spotify? Why is this only 36 minutes? Because that's the one... No, it's part of the... It the, is part of this. It's part of the album okay. before it. It's the last song on the album before oh, Hemispheres. So Cygnus I X1, book one, is titled The Voyage. Cygnus X1, book two, is titled Hemispheres and is that full song. At the very end, he gets sucked into a black hole, which leads to Hemispheres. And the story is fully complete. So if you want to go back and listen, I, I highly recommend it because you get a fuller content of the story. Fuller? It's no, it's honestly one of my favorite duologies of songs, specifically because the context that it creates is amazing. I like triptychs just because I get to use that word. Now explain triptychs to me. It's like a collection. Uh, we can go to the next question. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. A. All right. Now. A. <laughs> That was an oh no. See, now that's a very iconic scream for Getty Lee. So for everybody listening at home, is this A, his career in music isn't picking up. B, he's really bummed about racism and xenophobia. C, an oracle from his dreams showed him a world he will never know. Or D, he wants to express his emotions more freely. Now once again. That's A. His career in music isn't picking up. That is incorrect. Okay. He just saw an oracle in his dream <sighs> you... and showed him a world that he can never know. But <laughs> And he says, oh no. Oh no. Because he just woke up from the dream and think... he's so frustrated. That's from 2112. I thought you might know that one. I, I actually, I... Uh... I avoid 2112 just because of how it's on Spotify. It like the, 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 they have like, the, it's the kind of thing where they have like five deluxe versions and you can only find the actual like just oh. album without the live versions. It does upset me because they, they got rid of the original 2112. Mm -hmm. You can't find it. It's only the 40th anniversary. Yep. And it, Definitely bums me. That's out. that's the kind of thing that it doesn't make me dislike the album, obviously, but it's just like I I wish you would just let me listen to the music as the artist intended. Yeah. Anyway, next up. All right, Getty Lee, what's what's going on this time? What's got you so upset?
See, now that doesn't really have any words to it, but you have to understand. So A, you don't deserve a reward if you don't work hard. B, he read Candide by Voltaire and wants to cultivate the garden of his life. Those are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. C, growing, in the, growing up in the suburbs was hard and he didn't fit in. Or D, an angry mob is hunting down witches. Once again. It's B. It's gotta be. Unfortunately, it was A. If you tell me you it's A, Freeman. You don't deserve a reward if you don't work hard. Because those are so similar in theme. Ugh, but the yeah, B but, one is more specific. But that's the thing is I how I did this was I randomized all of the albums and songs, and then I randomized where each uh, answer correct was. answer would be, and then everything surrounding it could be from any Rush song, and then I would select a passage that had some screaming in it, so they're all viable. Truthfully, that is... You want uh, to talk about viability? Yes. Voltaire... The bit from Voltaire is from the final Rush song that was ever made, The Garden. I'm actually out of like all of my like cutaway topics. Perfect. That's why I wanted to play this game. Okay. So, you have gotten one out of three so far. Very proud of you. There's two parts to this one. So okay. Maybe it'll make it easier. Maybe it'll make it harder. Let's find out. It's a nice little woe for you. And then... A couple of woes. So it is either A, he lost his girlfriend because he has trouble expressing himself. B, he's trying his best, okay? C, if the love of if the grief of losing someone is strong, then their love was worth having them in your life. Or D, Soviet communists are hiding under your bed. Now <laughs> why is he screaming? Please tell are, me. Are there Soviet me. communists under his bed? There are not Soviet <sighs> communists under his bed. He's trying his best, okay? That was my second guess. <laughs> that because was it, did, it didn't really sound like a, a, a lost his girlfriend kind of scream. That was uh, from The Best I Can from the second album, Fly By Night. I haven't listened to Fly By Night or their self-titled, actually. The self-titled isn't really worth listening to. It's like rip-off Led Zeppelin, but there's a couple good songs on it. Yeah, but it was before, start somewhere. It was before Neil Peart even Jordan Byrne joined the band so it's sort of like rush adjacent well you know but pert brings the hurt i believe it's actually peart i never know how to pronounce it properly but i remember specifically I'm pretty sure you can solve that with a like a like a three second google search. yeah but there's like multiple sources but i remember an interview where getty lee was like if you have trouble remembering it just think p ear t peart and then that's how i remember it but I still say pert because it's uh, pert near close. Anyway. Now, that was a whoa yeah. Getty mm -hmm. Lee had a whoa yeah. So does that mean A, you can make him smile in the end? B, some memories are good, but others are bad. C, he's rocking out in an airport. Or D, the entertainment industry is all pandering and exploitative. man you've only got one right so far is he rocking out in an airport 
he's not rocking at an airport but you can make him smile in the end i was that that was the only one that i was like i'm not even touching that one (laughs) here's a quick hint he's rocking at an airport is yyz which is without any lyrics it is lyricless what are those called instrumentals yeah thank you well i mean if there's vocals there there were no vocals in it there are zero vocals in YYZ, but okay, that's really funny. Here's a fun. This is showing. They're really showing how much Rush I've listened to right now. This is exactly why I love. I wanted to do this because <laughs> I know that you don't know any of these songs, so there's no hints. It's literally just, can you tell by the tone of his voice why he's screaming? It's and the answer is no, never. If it's B for this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> blow this whole joint up. A, love and respect make life worth living. B, he just hit the ganja in Bangkok. C, he's the only survivor of a terrible shipwreck. Or D, Ayn Rand told me selfishness isn't that bad. Oh, it has to be C. That totally sounds like a shipwreck song. Fun fact, Rush has made multiple songs about shipwrecks, yeah. but this isn't one of them. The answer is D, Ayn Rand told ah! that band. That's from the song Anthem. Anthem of the heart and anthem of the mind. A funeral dirge for eyes gone blind. And there's a dirge in it too, and it's not about a shipwreck. You're kidding me. No, it's about... Literally, it's so funny to go back to those old old albums because Neil Peart had a real hard on for Ayn Rand, and That's it's really it's, gross. It's embarrassing. That's the entire plot of Twenty One Twelve was very heavily influenced. You know how, you know how much her. I could have enjoyed that album without knowing that, <laughs> right? No, but that's the funny thing is, it's from a young perspective. He's like twenty two or twenty three at that time, so you can really tell it's just surface level stuff, and he doesn't actually understand what Ayn Rand is saying. And yeah. then as each album goes along, he strays further from that concept. <laughs> and it's so rewarding to watch him go from that to like the everybody deserves peace and happiness. <laughs> and it's like, it's so aggressively different from how he started. So we are on to the last one. You've gotten one correct out of six. I can... So would you like to make it two for seven? Let's see. Now, the final scream. I've got more, but I didn't have time to set up the rest of them. So, desperation! See, now that's fascinating. In that word, he says desperation. Yeah, with no, with no guitars, no drums. Just silent, it's desperation. Now, A, is he really tired of war? B, is he caught in a whirlpool and he cries for help? C, does he feel stuck in the past and thinking of all of his past mistakes? Or D, does he just really need some love? What does he sound like? Desperation! The quivering makes me want to say whirlpool. Is that your final answer? I think he's really tired of war. That's so unfortunate because he's caught in a whirlpool. I should have known better than to <laughs> second guess the the more absurd answer. Yeah, he got that's oh, he got caught in a whirlpool. That is from uh, Caress of Steel's um, bad song. Bad. Yeah, 
that's like when they went too far into progressive rock. They're not bad songs, but man, they're long and I don't really know what's going on in them and they just kind of sound muddy. Speaking of long things where we don't know what's going on, um, so we're going to... Oh, just for the record, you got one out of seven. So that's a really shitty record and you should feel bad and listen to more Rush. Sure. That's like a point one five seven eight two five something like that. Theoretically, there would have been more and that would have given you more opportunity. Dividing by seven is cool. All the numbers are like the same, but they're rearranged differently. Oh, yeah. That was like a thing I would do in math class when I was bored. You wouldn't just it's... write boobies on the calculator and then flip it upside down? Well, it can only last you for so long. Um... So it's like E3 season, you know, we don't actually have E3 this year. I was going to say it's E3 season, but I haven't heard any, any rumbling. There's not a lot that has been announced. Uh, let's go over, um, we got a, a, we actually, we didn't even get a date for Hollow Knight, uh, Silk Song, the follow-up. Oh no. Uh, they, they did show it at the, uh, microsoft xbox showcase i still need to finish the first hollow knight as do i um persona ports are happening that was i am that was about the biggest announcement i am so pumped and i'm gonna i'm gonna take this opportunity now to derail you again and talk about why i love persona so much i'm gonna counter that derail because we have a lot of games to talk about that's um i just want to talk about persona 3 portable for a second because i'm so confused why so Persona 3, like all of the Persona games have like a weird like extra version like they do with Pokemon where they just put in more content. Oh, so it's like, like you know, release. we get Diamond and Pearl and then we get Platinum. Exactly. So Ruby, after, Sapphire, Emerald. Yeah. So after Persona 3, sure. they did Persona 3 FES, which was short for festival because they added extra festivals into the game. Why wouldn't they just call it Persona 3 F? Because they thought FES sounded cool. But that, that Which sounds it like did. an acronym. Like it should it be is like Persona Festival. F- Festival Estival Tival. Yeah, okay. But then Persona 4, they did Persona 4 Golden. Yeah, right. And then Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. And the problem is Persona 3 did two. They did FES on the PlayStation 2, and then they did PlayStation 3 Portable on the PlayStation Portable. The PSP. The PSP. On yeah. the P3P. So what did they add more content but make it only on the portable version? They added more content and then stripped away content, which is super cool. And that's why I'm confused why they're porting portable that version. So first of all, the biggest issue that a lot of people have with it is, well, not issues per se, but the other games are sort of, they're RPGs where you can walk around your like your locations you can talk to npcs and stuff yes you do in rpgs persona 3 fes and the original persona 3 also has that uh gameplay setup persona 3 portable is a visual novel so you have the idea (laughs) straight up you don't traverse the locations you can go to places and then it will give you options to interact with npcs instead of actually physically walking around which is so confusing that then, sounds like really it was disengaging. Just, it is, but that's just it is they they took the actual exploration part out, but then exploration of dungeons is still in the game. Plus, in Persona 3, you could only control your main character. All of your party members were AI, and that's a nightmare. And of thankfully, course. after Persona 3, 
uh, they made it so that you can actively change that. Yeah. So you can't control anybody but the main protagonist in FES. You can control everybody in Portable. So there's the better and worse. Persona 3 FES has an entire epilogue filled with a new main character and an entire secondary story that takes place after the main adventure, which is not uh, in Portable either. And then to top it all off, PlayStation Portable gave us the first and only female playable character with new social links and slight story differences. So you're telling me that they they went with this version and as opposed it, to like mer- making like a fourth ultimate Yeah, they version. didn't they so no matter what version of PlayStation 3 you play, you are missing out on something. And that bums me out more than anything. So it's just like I get why they did portable because it's the most refined and most like the Up other ones date. in gameplay yeah but like i know not walking around really isn't a big deal but it kind of it it helps to immerse you in the of story course. oh my god so not seeing your characters walking around the town and going to school you just see like their like profile shots as they talk just kind of takes me out of it so i'm still gonna buy it and play it for sure but like just kind of unfortunate but Persona 5 Royal, I'm very excited about it. It's one of the greatest games of all time, and I can't wait to play it. I think the the, the other big RPG announcement was uh, Starfield, uh, the first original Bethesda game. Um, I haven't heard anything about it. Please tell me more. Uh, space exploration, travel. Uh, actually, you know what? The pitch was very similar to No Man's Sky. Um, I was about to say, sounds like No Man's Sky, but hopefully not bad. Yeah, they still have uh, that trademark Bethesda NPC interaction where you walk up and speak with someone and it like crash zooms on their face. Hell yeah. And I mean, that's iconic. You can't take that out now. They just stare blankly into your soul and they're like, ah, our civilization needs help. It's, I've, I've always hated it, but it's so quirky that it, it's, it's, it's something that if you changed it, it would feel weirder than not. Right, it's part of the Bethesda charm now. Yeah, um, it is very strange. Uh, at least the gameplay they showed, it looks very slow and clunky uh, yeah. in terms of the action gun play that they showed. Uh, they are what I think is interesting about Starfield because they said there's going to be over a thousand planets that you can visit. Oh, that's see that that's where it's lost me. But this is where it has me, though. Okay. They have intentionally, and I do say intentionally, made it so some planets are essentially barren resource deposits with one or two cities. Okay. And they have done this because they want modders to fill in the blanks. Which, Mm. lazy from a business standpoint. Yes. (laughs) But in my experience, seeing communities put together things that they like for games oh there's so many amazing this is, possibilities this will absolutely flourish like they are going to make they're going to terraform entire site they're going to put the entirety of skyrim on a planet you know what yeah. i mean that's the other thing is like there is a scale that gets too big and it's like searching for a pl- like exploring a world or like a continent is like yeah okay that's like semi-believable but exploring an entire planet is like Hey, we're going we're going too big here yeah it's like what i i'm interested to see if they actually um because this th- this there's a thing that sci-fi always does that has irked me from mm. the beginning of 
my experience with Star Wars, but the way that uh, planets with a singular biome. Well, right. Like, I, I understand it, though, because most planets do have a singular biome. Earth is it. kind of weird in that sense. That's, but also but like, a planet that sustains life. That's the other thing is like, these are planets that probably shouldn't be sustaining life. Mm. Tatooine is one of my favorites because it's, it's literally an entire planet made of desert. Sand. Yeah. Which is so interesting to me, but we only see one town mm-hmm. and like the outskirts of that town. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, are there other towns around Tatooine or is the entire planet... There is one city on one planet, and for some reason, that's all. I'm sure that there's no shot in hell that that's not fleshed out more in the lore. Um, I'm sure it is, but it's it's just one of those things that does it does bother me a little bit. But then when you think about it as um, an uninhabitable place, it's literally just a place mm-hmm. for poor people and slaves to live. So really, it makes sense that they just hollow out one area and then say send all of them there yeah so technically if you want to get specific about it i'm cool with it i think yeah i I think that it would i I always thought it was funny that they're moisture farmers there when it's like if there's if this is a sand planet there there's absolutely minerals you know oh yeah they're definitely in the wrong business i think the idea is that moisture is life and so they're farming for it because that's the only way that anybody can survive. Yeah. It's also fucked up. They have two sons, which is like, no. we've, we've talked about this in real life before outside of the podcast, but I just need to have it recorded somewhere. Why is everybody so pale on that planet? There are two sons and they mm-hmm. live in the desert. And regardless of however many coverings you wear, you're not going to be fucking milk toast Luke Skywalker yep. on that planet. If you've lived there your whole life. Yep. Well, because I guess, the sand people as it were uh the, the jawas the, thank you very much the tuscan raiders also shit <laughs> i hate <laughs> i know enough about star wars that i can correct people on certain things and other things i have no idea what i'm talking about actually i wouldn't be surprised if because the i think the only person that we hear i think we hear like a handful of characters use the term sand people yeah uh, is is that racially charged do you think well i don't we never see what's beneath the the tuscan raiders masks um i think we see a bunch of their blood everywhere in episode uh in episode three what color is their blood uh you know blood colored um well sometimes aliens have different colored blood which is always fascinating to me did the rancor bleed like blue or something wait a minute did the rancor die they killed it. Did they kill it? Yeah, Leia choked it out, didn't she? Uh, I guess that that's Jabba. Mean... She choked Jabba out. Or did Luke? Did Luke choke the Rancor out? You know how long it's been since I've seen Star. Wars? I can tell it's been a minute. <laughs> Damn, Damn it! Honest, I I like unironically love Star Wars. No, Luke. Luke absolutely lightsabered the Rancor. Right, because I was I was gonna say because he gets thrown into the Rancor pit and he he ends up killing it. Because the the person who owns the Rancor got really upset at him. Which is Java. No. No, there's like a, a guy who trains the Rancor and he after Luke kills it, the guy goes down and he's oh, like you're really talking, sad. Oh yeah, the guy that's crying over the I yeah. also that was like one of the first instances where I saw something that was like decidedly cruel in a yeah. film and I was just like <laughs> It's kind of fucked up, but 
I really love Star Wars for what it is. And I'll be honest, I am one of those people who is like, okay, if George Lucas was not a part of it, I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, so let me just say me, um, Star Wars is prequels to anyone trilogy to anyone listening right now that really Wars. cares about Star Wars. Um, I'm not apologizing. Uh, I think that it, I think I need to rewatch Star Wars, but I'm not apologizing. That's fair. Um, They're good. There's there's other media. Let me just say that there's plenty of other media, but Star Wars is one of those things that's so universal that it's like if you haven't seen it, it's like sort of an anomaly i know i said um i used to say this this i used to blurt out this stupid phrase throughout high school where i was like guys we all have our differences but deep down we've all seen star wars and i hate it i know it was terrible <laughs> but it but it rang true and now it doesn't like i said that at work the other day just like offhandedly and with much more self-awareness obviously i feel like some people actively don't watch star wars so they can well, talk about how they've never seen it i want you to keep in mind that i work at a movie theater and most yeah. of the people that go to work there are stupid 16 year olds that think that they're going to work in the movie industry yeah sorry that's how that's how you get in on the ground floor you work at a movie theater and uh, then the big guys will spot you shout out uh stupid 16 year olds if you're listening to this uh thank you for supporting my podcast and i love you and you're not actually stupid hey man no matter where you come from we were all stupid 16 year olds at one point yeah yeah um but the thing is uh do you think gaming has peaked definitely like like it's <laughs> so long ago like it's it's over gaming will never okay stuff that is going to like branch off of gaming like vr and stuff is going to succeed in ways that gaming never could but i think in terms of like what we have currently we're like we're done i'm i'm content with like what video games were meant to be because it feels like a lot of people now are turning it to the like monetary visions of it which is just like putting out half half-baked games and then pumping it with dlc yeah and then you have people who want engaging stories and so they just make a visual novel with minimal gameplay or they make indie games that are like undercooked adaptations right. of other things but and, at and the end the, of the day occasionally you know you get the the phenomenal one that right but, but at the like when i what i'm looking for in a video game is the entire point of it is to be and I'm going to use this word because I love it. A Gesamtkunstwerk. Oh, it's a German Uber word, isn't it's, it? It's a German Uber word, which is a work of art that encompasses multiple other forms of art. Of course. So video games include music, music, gameplay, you have acting, art, story, yeah. all of these different things that are combined into one. And the amount of games that are proper Gesamtkunstwerks are so small, but they are so prominent in terms of like, what a video game can be i know there's the, there's this i hate because like every time i see this image it's been reposted so many times that it has like uh like artifacting and it, oh it, it yeah look it's like it, it's a it's a it's, crusty jpeg yeah you it's know? a deep fried um but it's like we got all this in 2007 and it's like yeah yeah we did like yeah, we really did like it's it's hard to think about it in the present day but looking back you realize that like oh there was definitely a point where 
we peaked and nobody realized it. Like within within a few months we got Bioshock, Assassin's Creed, Super Mario Galaxy, Crisis, Team Fortress 2, Portal, Mass Effect, the original one, um Halo 3, HL2 Episode 2, God of War 2, Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl, Lego Star Wars The Complete Collection. You got me. <laughs> the B-movie game. Well. Persona 3 FES. Hey. Um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. Mario Strikers. Uh, Spider-Man 3. We got a lot. We got a lot. Yeah, there have been better years in the past, and you don't think about it until we're in the present remembering how good the good times were metroid prime echoes or no that's that's three corruption yeah (laughs) gaming it's okay it's the same with like you could say that movies have peaked maybe they did but they're still going to be good movies in the future of course it just means that the heyday is no longer here doesn't mean we got to stop caring about it. It's just, of course, we get more selective. Like I used to buy whatever game came out when I was younger because I also had disposable income from my parents and now I don't. Yeah. But also like when I see a game come out, it's not like, oh, I got to have it. It's like, does this appeal to my specific niche? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it doesn't. And it kind of bums me out now because whenever I see a game, it's like, Oh man, you see the new Mario Battle Strikers, whatever. That's like no, and it's I, like, I, I, didn't, I don't. I didn't pick up Mario Golf. I really don't care. I thought it looked neat, but I don't care enough to spend eighty goddamn dollars. And this is where, and this is why economic strife and recession impacts gamers harder than most. Way to bring it back. To a point that I assume you had written down at some point. I, I no, we, like the economy's always in the back there. That's good. That's important. Um, I think that I do. I do like Game Pass, though. I like the Game Pass. For I Xbox. like it theoretically, but I hate what it represents. Me too. No, believe me, believe me. But as somebody that likes to try a bunch of new things. And oh, it's great. I, I hate the way that games come and go from it as they would from a service like Netflix. Yeah. I hate the way that it give, it like it's constantly tearing money out of your bank account. I hate the way that you never own anything yeah. that you pay into. So it's like it's like paying a, a rental that you never get to own. It's why I like Audible so much, which is why our next segment is sponsored by Audible. You can't every lie time... about that. <laughs> I know. But like... <laughs> genuinely i don't use i don't use audible but i know for a fact because of how many like commercials i've watched that when you use audible you get to keep whatever audiobooks you've downloaded okay even when you cancel your subscription which is kind of neat so imagine if like for whatever like game pass thing if you've played like over 20 hours in a game then you get to keep it when it goes away yeah and i like that would be cool I would love that. Because certain games definitely, like, are, like, they shouldn't be rotated out. Like, I think video games are a thing that you should own, you know? I just... But that's also me from a collector's perspective. There are so many people out there that I don't think about who 
play games and when they've beaten them, they never think about them again. And I envy those people because I can't be that. Well, I, I mean, I don't remember everything I've played off the top of my head, but I, I like having a, uh, that's, I, I keep lists because mm. if I, if I, if I, if I didn't, then I wouldn't remember how all, like I consume so much content because yeah. I have ADHD and it, it, I, I'm never going to be satiated by just having like the one thing I used to I go back and replay games as well. And that's sort of, for me is like, I need to go back and play it. Cause if something really sticks with me. Oh, me, me too, absolutely. But it has to be something that I can approach multiple ways. That's, yeah, that's like, that's why Pokemon is so great is because regardless of the content of the games nowadays, they are still infinitely replayable. Yeah. And even if it's like, I've played through Half-Life so many times, but mm. every time I do it, I, I do something stupid about it where I'm like, okay, well, this time I'm going to try and do a speed run. And then halfway through, I'm like, this isn't working. I'm going to only use the shotgun for the next five levels. Yeah. Um, and then there's also things of like any game with a really, really good story. I love to play every once in a while. As long as time has passed long enough that I've forgotten the story. Well, you, you don't or forget pieces of exactly. it. So that it's still engaging because there are some games that have like hours and hours of cutscenes. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's I, like, I, I, I like, I would, I am not going back and playing Metal Gear 5 again. Yeah. It's just like there's too much. And unless I'm super invested in it again, mm -hmm. like that's why when I played Persona 4 Golden and I completed it, I, I enjoyed going through it again because it had been so long since I experienced the story. The pieces that I forgot were new and memorable. And the pieces that I remembered, I could sort of like, it's an investigation. The entire point is you're trying to catch a murderer. Right. So it's always like, I know who the murderer is because I remember that, but I don't remember how we got there. And that's the excitement. But have you, and, have you watched any good movies lately? Oh, that's a great question. I watched the Muppet movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're on a bit of a Muppet. I love the binge. Muppets. The first Muppet movie is so good. It's genuinely so funny, and it's it's just a joyous time. I think I would I would really need to like force myself to like. You might have to Ludovico me up to get me to watch it because I think I just. As I don't film, know why I have like negative associations with the Muppets from when I was younger. I think see, that's I think, something that's so fascinating to me is the Muppets are very divisive for people. Because our mutual friend, Dee Dee, I convinced her to watch the Muppet movie with me because she said she didn't really like the Muppets or she didn't care for them. When she was younger. When she was younger. Of and I said, you have to watch them now because so much of what makes the Muppets <laughs> You have great, to watch them now! For It's so... <laughs> Muppets is so... It's just wholesome, beautiful content. And after the movie was done, she was like, I love the Muppets now. And I, I that's what I'm saying. Muppets. Like, I'm very willing to try it again because I honestly haven't touched like a proper full. I will never get sick of the Muppets. We are watching the Muppet movie right now. We're we're not doing that. We don't have the rights to it. Um. Oh, okay. Well, later. Yeah. But the the main point is also the original Muppet movie is the Muppets origin story, which is just great. So you get to get is that in the one on where Kermit did nine eleven? No, that's um. Is that the Christmas one? That's the Christmas Carol. Okay. I think. Is, is, did we bring this up last episode? I'm pretty sure we did, which is great because I wasn't on a Muppet binge then, but they still... <laughs> you know what? I would like to announce officially that I am I am a Muppet man, and every episode... You're a Muppet have, maniac. I am a Muppet main, main man. The Muppets are my main men. Who's your favorite Muppet? It's the Martians. No, but like... Oh, of the... Like, like of the Muppet <sighs> show. Um... 
I fucking love Fozzie Bear. Does that was my first thought, but uh, I think does does uh, does does Bunsen and Beaker? Count? Yes, yeah, they're yeah, they're Muppet Show people. They're great. Um, my mom's favorite is the Swedish Chef. I I like the Swedish Chef as well. Um, but I don't. There's something about. I think the dynamic between Bunsen and Beaker uh, makes it for me because it's like the Swedish chef is just like, well, yeah, it's his, his bit. He has one bit, which is he's a chef who does things wrong and he doesn't speak English. Yeah. Um, but it's always funny, but like, and that's why he's the great actually have something to say. uh, Right. And, but then Beaker is just off to the side, like meeping away. The Muppets are great. He is the R2-D2 of the show. He really is. Mm-hmm. But does he add more or less? Because R2-D2 had that weird I, thing I where he R2 could... R2 is both of those characters, actually. Well, because he could plug into any machine and just fuck with it, which I think is really was... overpowered. Well, yeah, but... Like, the, the... The Lego Star Wars bits where you had to play as R2 were very fun. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Let's answer it and see. Who, who, who's our first caller? Oh, shit. It's, <laughs> it's my dentist. I'll call him back. It's okay. Um, we will... Is, be... your, is your... uh? I have an appointment in a couple of days. Don't worry about it. Is, is, is your ringtone the, uh, the, the what's your name? <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. It used to be Waluigi Pinball. Well, that, that, but I changed it. That's got a little bit more vibe to it, honestly. <laughs> it does, uh, but I, I like it because I know it, like nobody else in the world will have that ringtone. There's some weirdo out there with Waluigi Pinball. I wanted to talk about some movie, but I can't even remember. Uh, you said, have I seen any good movies? And the answer was the Muppet movie. Yeah. And then I watched Hercules a couple nights ago, and that was fun. Actually, I just I just rewatched uh, the, the Road to El Dorado uh, with some Ooh, friends. Which... That's a really good one, and nobody talks about it. But because nobody talks about it, now people are talking about how nobody talks about it, so now everybody's talking about it. So I think one. to be to be hip, we should not all right um because the other two (laughs) films that i've watched recently are significantly darker and grittier um Mm. and they are uh the (laughs) they are both two south 2007 neo westerns um you're really on a 2007 kick i'm sorry that's crazy you ever just like well i don't love a year and you're just like i just need to listen to music and watch movies and play games only from that year well no i I don't even think it was that i think i was just in the like i went to texas man like what do you want and and texas is very 2007 i was thinking more the western bit but that (laughs) that checks out too okay well because i went to dallas right and it's a big city it's and you go to texas expecting is that the main one the big I think Apple? I think Houston is is bigger Houston, than Dallas. Is Houston the the what do you call them? What do you call the main city? The the capital. Yeah, that's not the capital. Um, I think. Hey Google, what's the capital of Texas? I think it's. I think it's. It's mm. Austin. It's neither of those. Oh great, <laughs> perfect. I'm. I you hear. You hear. Texas is going to become its own country. Um, I think that would be fantastic. Actually, honestly, Texas and Quebec should have a fight. I think I think they should both like lift up into the air like that thing in Avengers Ultron, and yeah. they should they should just ram into Sokovia, each, the, the biggest jousting match you've ever seen. Honestly, that would be great for everybody. Actually, I think like 
a lot of border states would end up getting very uh, rubble. Oh, definitely every single state in the middle of the United States would be killed by rock slides. But you know what? Name a state in the middle of the U.S. that's worth something. (laughs) (laughs) Name one. I remember the... uh... You're aware of the rhinoceros party of Canada, are you? Oh yeah, the um, joke. Yeah, well, it's, see, because they're, they they very seriously campaign and run each year. Yeah, or they did for a while. I think they're I think they're uh, dissolved now. Mm. Uh, but they uh, one of their propositions was to uh, like sell. Uh, Oh, which I think they wanted to sell Saskatchewan to the states. Yeah, I could appreciate that. And then it's like they can have that and then we'll have a lot more money. And then we can just like close in on them from the sides and take it back. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the films from 2007 that I was watching, because I went to Dallas yes. and I didn't get that like cowboy hat toting uh, Wild West experience that I, that I, I don't. Question, did you see a gun? I saw no guns. That's very surprising to me because the world has taught me that Texas is gun place. I, I did take an Uber. Um, and when I got in, the, the woman that was talking to us, we, we said, uh, she asked us where we were from. And we said we were from Canada. And she went, oh, y'all from Canada. I watched a YouTuber from Canada. You know, uh, his name Dave. He talked about the UFOs. That was real, though. Uh, but they, I heard they banned all guns in Canada. Yeah. No guns. <laughs> they, they just banned them all. <laughs> and I was like, um, it was, uh, they, they, banned, they banned handguns. And if you own one, you're still allowed to keep it. And, and yeah. she was like, oh, that's still crazy, though. I'm so glad I live in Texas. You know, everybody has a gun in their glove here. So I just got to get, I got to watch out who I honk at. Yeah. I, am- I don't want to get into gun politics, but I'll be honest, the fact that everybody has a gun is a little scary. I, I think that should be... like I, That's the main point, I think. Yeah, I think um, if you want to own your hunting rifle, you, you go for all it. the power to you, man. Um, that, that's, that's where I'll leave that. I, I just think, I agree with you. I think the fact that I should... I, I don't think anyone should have to worry about honking at someone in traffic for fear of getting blasted by a one-handed AK. Yeah, I found out very recently, actually, about why the Second Amendment exists. And now that I understand why it exists, it makes a lot more sense to me. Because I assumed it was just a gun thing of like, oh, it like it makes sense. But it was because maybe maybe you were the one who told me even. But it was that um, the when the U.S. was formed, they didn't have a standing army. So the idea was that everybody can own a gun. So if war breaks out. You just grab your gun and you go out to war. Oh, it wasn't even restricted to guns, though. It was like it was it was like all weaponry. Dude, it right? applied to like cannons. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like muskets and cannons and like whatever you could yeah. get your hands on. And obviously, this was written when it took five minutes to reload a gun. Right. So it makes sense that back then it was like, okay, we have no army, so the we are. It's for the people, by the people, of the people. So all the people can have guns you know, in that way when something breaks if, out. If you if you hear the bugle in the morning, grab your rifle off the rack. Let's go. Yeah, but now America has the most, like... Guns per capita. And the highest military budget it's of like all time. It's like four guns to one person. So the entire context of 
the right to Anybody, bear arms. Yeah, it was the entire point was we don't have a military, so you kind of have to now. I think they're covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, here we are. Yeah. So, and I think this this actually plays into my point. The fact that I didn't see any weapons while I was there. Um, I think actually it was crazy. The convention center on the way in, they had huge metal detectors and posters up that were like, "Hey, you can't bring a handgun in here. You can't yeah. bring a concealed firearm in here. Here is the legal section of the law that says that we have the right to deny you entry if you want to bring a firearm in here." Yeah. And the fact that they have to lay that out is pretty wild. Right, because like you remember when we went to Halcon, like. They literally just like you walk in and then they check your bag and then you go up. Like right. there was no metal detector or any shit. It was just like we mostly trust you because the odds are you don't have a firearm. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, you know, so it's like didn't see anyone with guns. Didn't see nobody with cowboy hats. Didn't see. Uh. You know, I didn't. I obviously wasn't in the desert. I was in Dallas. Yeah. Um. So I guess I was like itching for a little bit more of that that western. the rooting and tooting and shooting. Yeah. So I watched um, No Country for Old Men. Ooh, that's a name that I've heard and I haven't seen it, but I I know I've heard so many people talk about it. It's a it's a very is it as good as people say it is? I think you would very much enjoy it because it's it's um while it is a thriller, it's a very character driven film. Okay, um, I can appreciate that. It's one of those films that ends in a way that you're like okay i think the ending's coming up but this feels like a weird time to end it yeah and it ends with a character who was hardly part of the action recounting their dream i like that because like um with blade runner 2049 it ended when i didn't think it was gonna end yep and i appreciate that because it's like not every movie should try to shock me but i like when it's like you don't there need is... you don't need to resolve everything you don't need to wrap it up all nights yeah put a bow on it you can you can you can just close the box yeah this like the that entire... metaphor was a lot prettier than i intended it to be no i i, I like it that. it's it's closing the box or, or or closing the book like the characters continue to live on right in their world but we are finished with their story precisely back to star wars the entire point is that like when luke got vader back from the dark side mm -hmm. the story ended because the entire point of star wars was anakin's journey right and now that anakin is dead and has redeemed himself star wars is done yeah like that's all the stories you can leave it to tell. now that being said i do think that there's there's much more star wars stories that you could tell oh because it's an entire galaxy and right. there's so much to do but the entire so much lore to explore. trying to pull it back into the skywalker saga was so ridiculous because it's like no the entire point of the prequels and the original trilogy was it's darth vader it's anakin's story right and when he's gone the story ends because he's the story yes so stop it i do i do think I, I i've definitely told you this outside of this podcast but i watching um watching rise of skywalker in theaters when i went it was just my dad and i in the theater and it's a bummer we were laughing our asses off i still remember because it was <laughs> i went opening night with my my best friend who was an absolute star wars nut mm -hmm. and we were shocked like, there were multiple times where he would look at me and tap me on the shoulder and be like, are you fucking kidding me? Did they actually do that? Yeah. Like, remember when they <laughs> killed Chewbacca and then they didn't? Well, Five I, minutes later? Well, because, look, if, if you don't see... Fake tension? I, 
I love. And then they killed C-3PO and then they didn't. I love how unintentionally funny so much of the movie is. I, I genuinely, I didn't think, like, you know, when people were like, oh, it was so bad that I laughed out loud. I didn't believe in that until I saw Ray and Ben kiss and then kiss again. Yep. And, and they brought die. each other back to life. And I was, I thought, I was like. That's a robot chicken sketch. I know. I was like, in theory, this could go back and forth for like 20 minutes. Yeah. But you just decided to let him die, even though you theoretically cared about him so much that you would give him your life. I watched a video essay recently about like that and how like, obviously there are so many other things wrong with that movie. But one thing that would have made the ending at least better is if the entire point of Ray was that she sacrificed herself or Ben mm -hmm. because then he has to live with his guilt of all the terrible atrocities he's right. caused and still live on and sort of he's redeemed himself but he's still not a good guy there, there's so many there... if he lived then it would make more sense that he bury the, the lightsabers on Tatooine because Dude. it's his fucking family Ray is just a girl who happened to be really good with the force but she's a Skywalker now I ray star wars <laughs> it's me star wars it's man it's just like it wouldn't have saved the movie for me but if ben survived then at least it would have been like okay okay now i, I see what you me. were going for here yeah the entire because then it's like man okay. it was just such it was such a gorgeous mess it yeah. it, 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 it was like they had they had all these elements they had their palette of paint yeah and then it was like, hey, JJ, what do we do? And he just ran his hand all through it. And then I'm he slapped it all over the canvas. I'm going to throw a hot take out here. I don't think JJ Abrams is good at anything. <laughs> and I mean that. <laughs> Name me a good JJ Abrams film that, See, I was like, gonna that say, he directed I cause, or cause, wrote. Because you knew that I was going to go for 10 Cloverfield Lane, and I yes. know that he only produced it. He produced it. it. Yep. He has not actually made a good <laughs> film ever, I don't think. And so when it was like, oh, JJ Abrams, he's like, he did Star Trek and he did Cloverfield and he did all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, but he either didn't make it or what he did make was not good. So it's just like, and the entire time of rise of skywalker was just pulling back from ryan johnson's mess yeah so it was just like okay half the movie is just going to be redoing everything and fixing everything he fucked up mm -hmm. which also that was just a bummer because ryan johnson is a good director yeah but like they gave him one of the most important films in the trilogy i don't know why and, they couldn't find anyone else because ryan johnson's whole like thing is doing his own shtick yeah and so it was like, Ryan, go in, into your own little world. And he made his own little Star Wars story. And it's like, okay, that's great. But what does this have to do with anything else? I know. I feel like if you had... This if is it what... was a standalone movie and they were characters who had different names and different appearances, I think it was a fine film. I do too. I think, you know, I'm sure at a corporate level that it, like that film is used as like... A, a a counter to anyone being like you need to let the director have more authority 100 oh, percent. that like then that's why like the, the the latest doctor strange film went through like two directors uh yeah but like i okay i haven't seen it yet i'm gonna watch it when it comes out on disney plus which i think is like i haven't touched it a either. couple weeks um i am excited to watch it i just watched okay that's another thing that's uh i just watched uh doctor strange for the first time the, the, the first, first one, one. It's really good. 
I think it's quite solid as far as the like as far like, as MCU origin films yeah, go. Like I'm sorry, I don't like okay, the MCU is fine for me. There are things that I like and there are things I don't like. And I think that's the whole point of it, is that these are overarching stories, but for the most part, you can jump in and out when you feel like it. Mm-hmm. So I've been jumping in and out. And I was like, you know what? I think the concept of Doctor Strange is fascinating. So I was like, fuck it. I have Disney Plus now. I'll watch it. But it's like it removes itself from the Marvel world so much that it feels like its own world. I think, and, and especially it, with the visuals, at least before we started seeing all these kaleidoscopic images oh, uh, alongside like Spider-Man and Iron yeah. Man and shit. The visuals were gorgeous. I mm. loved it. Like, and the entire story, like there are just little things where it's like, I feel like when they're making Marvel movies now, it's like they have a formula and they do the jokes and they do the villain and they do the characters doing the whatever. That's why I like Shang-Chi. And it just sort of goes on. But like the entire, like Doctor Strange felt like a film. You know what I mean? It felt like... They they really wanted to tell a story properly. Yeah, it's like, here's a man. Here is his problem. They do take a little bit more time like setting up before he gets his powers than most of the other ones. But I really loved that because you felt like he he earned it. It's like, okay, cocky surgeon, loses use of his hands, goes on an existential crisis, tries everything possible, finds spiritualism. Mm -hmm. Through that spiritualism, he finds out that the world is much deeper than he could ever imagine. And his entire concept of intelligence has been superseded by the vastness of what we don't know and i loved at the end it's like it was one of those movie things where it's like you could only do that in a movie was um his he gets mugged at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. and he and uh uh his rolex breaks right and the guy who saves a mordo gives him the watch back and it's like you know it's it's a status of his wealth and of his life beforehand and now it's broken so he's broken and then at the end of the movie, he puts it back on after saving the world by using a time loop. So not only does he have a reminder of his past, of his wealth, of his arrogance, he also has a reminder of his strength now, how he was able to stop time and how time stopped in that moment. That was when his life changed. Wouldn't was it be when it so great if like MCU character arcs carried from film to film? Oh, it'd be so cool. <laughs> it's almost like that's how it could have been. I, I used because to be it's like oh we say that and it's like it, it would have been amazing for doctor strange to not be a, a like an asshole after the fact that's the thing is like i watched infinity war before i knew anything about doctor strange that was my first introduction to him so it's like okay so he's like iron man but magic i know got it that's what how many of the mcu characters are like are just the archetype of bastard with a heart of gold most and that's the thing a lot of them aren't that but then they're portrayed as that so it's like especially in the collaborative films where everyone crosses over that's why i always enjoyed guardians of the galaxy because in the infinity war and endgame portions with uh the guardians james gunn was on uh on site helping with them so that the characters felt like they were still part of that world but the problem is to do that with every other character you'd have to get the main directors of every film and not every director directed all of the main characters so it's like john favreau's iron man is not joss whedon's iron man absolutely and that's not the russo's iron man that's why i love iron man in the first iron man Mm. i'm gonna be honest another hot take shane black's iron man 3 exit 
Exit. Can you let me? Exit. Can you let me? Exit. Exit. Can 